Robbie G. Robbie G. Congrats, baby. I'll see you later. Hey, Rob, get out of here while the guy's trying to do a press conference. He's got a Super Bowl to talk about. Holy crap. Holy crap. Uh, wow. 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 I don't think anyone out there had 31 to 9. If you did, it was 31 to 9. Chiefs beat the Buccaneers. I don't think anybody Probably. would have imagined right. the dismantling that we saw on Sunday night. And yeah, we're getting right into it. You guys know why we're here. You've got your TV, your smartphone, your laptop, whatever. However you're enjoying the program on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 211, whatever the case may be, you know why we're here. You know what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the outcome that no one saw, not even the most ardent Buccaneers fan, in their wildest dreams would have imagined the takedown that we saw last night of the defending champions by the Buccaneers. A defensive performance that was masterful. An offensive performance that was more than good enough. Delivering when needed. Building a lead that I I kept waiting, Chris. I kept waiting. That's my big picture thought on this game. I kept waiting. You know, because my son and I were talking about it. Well, it's the biggest blowout since 43-8 to by the Seahawks over the Broncos. But that game was done the moment that the ball got snapped over the sheriff's head. Right. Right? This one, I kept waiting. There was this sense. This is the Chiefs. This is Mahomes. They can find the gas pedal whenever they want. So I kept thinking, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It just never came. Well, they were outclassed. They were outmanned. They were outmatched. I mean, the, the best team won the Super Bowl. There's just no doubt about that. We don't have to really, like, think any other way or, or anything about that. There's no doubt, you know, added to the fact that, you know, it it's the most complete team in football, Mike. You kind of just spit it out. That's really the other thing you take away from it. Where's the weaknesses of the Tampa Bay team? They continued to fix those weaknesses all year long and just smothered the Chiefs and Mahomes, who couldn't overcome, you know, the injuries on the offensive line. Mahomes definitely wasn't 100% running, the, running around. I mean, he's getting surgery on his toe this week. You know, the distraction of the Andy Reid situation and all that. We're going to get into all of this, but, you know, how much does that play into the game? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The more physical, dominant team won the football game. And, yeah, there was some parts where we thought, ooh, this one's still up in the air. But all in all, I, I think we know who was the best team on the field, and it showed uh, yesterday. Even though I had picked the Buccaneers to win, I was waiting and hoping – for something to happen that would make it dramatic, sure. compelling, right. and interesting. And I just think the fact that I kept waiting for it in and of itself was dramatic and compelling because you think it's going to happen, but it doesn't happen, right? That, that here, oh, oh, here, oh, is it, oh, oh, here we, oh. And it was just we kind of that, the second times, half right. was that whole, until until the math didn't work anymore, for the Chiefs, and it was amazing. The Patrick Mahomes thought they still had a chance up until the interception in the oh, end he was going to kill Devin himself. White. Yeah, yeah, but but he was doing everything he could. Right. But there was just it just that is it is it gonna is it gonna and it just never it never came. And one of the reasons it never came, and our producer Matt Casey has done a fine job of outlining thoughts in a very cogent and cohesive way. So I'm going to try to do justice to that so we just don't ramble for two hours let's begin with Andy Reid the Chiefs 
head coach acknowledging it could have gone better for them, and one of the reasons it didn't is because Todd Bowles was on the other side crafting the defense. Listen, Todd had a good plan, but um, like I said, I I could have done a whole lot better putting these guys in a better position to, to make plays. I mean, you know, the my guys busted their tail, and, um, you know, we just – we didn't – you know, it just didn't work for us. So, but give credit to Todd for, for the job that he did. He got us. Was this more about what the Bucks had or what the Chiefs didn't have? Yeah, that's the question, Their right? tackles. Because right. Mahomes was hair on fire all night long. Right. 497 yards. This comes from Seth Walter via Next Gen Stats or Next Gen Stats via Seth Walter. Either way, they know who we mean. 497 yards of running by Mahomes behind the line of scrimmage before throwing the ball. The most a quarterback ran behind the line of scrimmage before throwing the ball all year long, topping Mahomes 495 against the Raiders in Week 5. So he had that all night, and he had to do it all night. They were on him all night. Is it the line or is it the defense? Well, it, it, it's both. I mean, you know, it, it really is. First off, it's Todd Bowles with a great plan, like Andy Reid said. That's the thing you're going to start with. And, Mike, you know, we talked about it all last week. You can't blitz Patrick Mahomes, right? You can't blitz him. Todd Bowles is famous for blitzing. You know, I go on from brother from another on Thursday. I go, no, he can't blitz. If they blitz, they'll lose the game. That means there's going to be one-on-one -on -one situations. Well, you see, they blitz what five times yesterday, and I believe, and I, and I believe like I believe like three of them were on like the first six or seven plays of the game. So when they came out, Mike, this was the first great curveball of the game. They they did some gutsy blitzes early on where I went, whoa. Tampa looks like they're going to blitz. Holy cow. So now Kansas City goes to the line, you know, to the sideline and they try to figure out, whoa, they're blitzing us. How are we going to attack this? And then it was almost like from there on out, the front four just whooped the crap out of the the Tampa, uh, the Chiefs offensive line, Mike. I mean, really, it was an, a butt whooping, an ass whooping, whatever you want to say. How many plays were it, like you, you said? Well, well, it's like how many plays, like you were saying, where he got the ball and you literally thought, wait, are they running a screen? Are they letting the guys go by them? Or did that is this a real pass play? Like there was a number of plays where I was like, I think they're setting up the screen. Wait, no, this was supposed to be a drop back. The guy missed Shaquille Barrett that badly. So I think it's the game plan, the injuries, and a front four that was just foaming at the mouth, ready to kick some butt. You know, at one point I thought maybe they should just put Patrick Mahomes in punt formation <laughs> and do the ultra long snap to give him more time. Because as soon as he got the ball, even in shotgun, it was retreat. It was, it was unreal. Movement. And uh, and 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 again, the starters at left and right tackle were starters for a reason. There's a natural drop off from first string to second string. Some cases it's not as great. Some cases it's significant. Without the two left, uh, the left and right tackles last night, I think that that was a real problem for the Chiefs. We thought it would yeah. be okay oh. because of Mahomes, but you know, you saw him. Well, I, now look, I, now when Tony Romo started talking about Mahomes hobbling, I'm thinking, is this the Robert Sala little man, uh, the little old man jog, no. or is he really hobbling? But it did look like his toe was messed up again last I, night. I, I I thought it was apparent on the first drive of the game. I I looked over at my wife, my wife and my little boy as you know we were sitting there watching the game, and and it was really on, you know, what, really one of his first runs where I went, okay, yeah, he scrambled out and got out of the pocket, 
but it wasn't the same burst and the same running. There's no doubt. And you saw, I saw on the first drive, moments of limping in between plays where I went, uh-oh. You know, I, I thought Mike, and this is another big aspect of the game, talking about the front four, the guys being injured, all of that. You know, this is why I did pick Kansas City to win the football game. I thought he would be healthier than the AFC championship game. He was not as healthy as the AFC championship game. And that was a big part of the football game. His movement, you know, that was going to be the get out of jail free card for not having the tackles. You know, I thought, first off, you know his foot hurt, Mike, because we saw very little sprint outs, right? There was no sprint outs. It's the best thing to do to protect your offensive line. They didn't do it because he's got a bad foot. So that's a big thing, too. And then, you know, Mike, his ability to weave and, you know, get around the corner and like we've talked about so much, right, attack the line of scrimmage to now people come up and get him. Then he makes throws behind you. He didn't have the speed to turn the corner last night or step up in some of those holes and take off to ever really pressure the defense. And with the formula of the team and the way they played and then him not at 100%, that led to 31-9 butt whooping. Let's hear from Mahomes after the game. It took him a while to finally get to the video conference position, as you would expect in a situation like that. But here he is when he finally did speak. I just think we weren't on the same page uh, as an as offense in general. Um, we weren't – I wasn't getting the ball on, out on time. Uh, the receivers were running, were running routes, um, not to exactly where I thought they were going to be at. Um, and the offensive line, they did good. They were, they were good at sometimes, and sometimes they, they, they let guys through. And uh, when you're playing a good defense like that, you got to be on the same page as the offense, and we weren't today. Um, and that's why we, we played uh, uh, so bad. They beat us uh, uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, the worst I think I've been beaten in a long time. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of the guys and how they fought till the very end of the game. You know, Mahomes has performed well enough, more than well enough in his three seasons to be permitted to say whatever he wants to say whenever he wants to say it. But, man, there was some stuff in that resp- well, response. Well, he, he toted the uh, line well, a little. Yeah. Well, no, no, he more than he more than toted, toked, or toted. He, he was putting blame on the receivers. He was putting blame on the linemen. Let's call it what it is. I mean, we all freaked out 15 years ago when Peyton Manning said, well, I'm trying to be a good teammate here, but let's just say we had some protection problems. You typically don't hear the quarterback come out in that moment and start throwing darts at his teammates. And he did. He did. Look at the words. Listen to the words. Yeah, but he, he threw did. a dart at himself, too. He said people are open. Well, so, yeah, right, no. right. Okay, yeah, you throw a dart at yourself, and you only throw Great. a dart at yourself as the quarterback. We right. do that all the time. I remember your guy Gruden telling Jimmy Clausen at the Gruden quarterback camp years ago, never blame it on the receiver. It always goes on you publicly. You never blame it on your guys. I'm just – surpri- I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I hadn't heard that clip before. I'm surprised that he went there because, again – when Peyton Manning said, well, I'm trying to be a good teammate here. Let's just say we had some problems in protection. Everybody freaked out. I think that that there's room to say, man, in that moment, Patrick Mahomes, a different side of him came through because you usually don't see that from franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, but Peyton Manning just went right to the offensive line. It was his first comment. Peyton Man- Patrick Mahomes said, I didn't play good. I missed receivers. Then he went to the receivers, and then he went to the offensive line, which he had already – you know, uh, had a pre-comment to that to say we were not on the same page and we were crappy. So, I, you know, again, I'm not going to read too deep into it. I think he's just giving you a, a good, honest answer that we were crappy tonight. 
We didn't block. So what point? What do we got to? Well, it was all his fault then. That was all I'm, his I'm, fault. No, you know? no. I'm just surpri- I'm surprised. I'm surprised to hear it, Chris, because yeah. you never hear that. Quarterbacks are conditioned to never blame anyone but themselves. I was surprised that he said those words because you, you you just don't hear it. Yeah, got seven I, I hear you. To repair any damage he may have done to the extent that anyone even notices, to the extent that any of the, the, the linemen, especially the tackles, will even be on the team next year. How about run the ball once in a while, Chiefs? The run was there. If you wanted to use sure. it, what what was up with that? I mean, if they're going to come, if they're going to be, if they're going to be going after Mahomes every play into the backfield, don't you take some of the steam out of that with a handoff from time well, to time? Yeah, to a degree. But I think once they got into that mode too, you know, the Buccaneers would have stopped that. They're both they, as soon as you started to run the ball, their defensive line would have buckled down. But that's not what the Chiefs are, you know. And maybe that's what makes them go back to the drawing board and go, you know what? It's just these games like this, we need a little bit more of a, a threat of the running game or something like that. But they weren't going to go down, running the ball, letting the clock run, and play a game that really was the what. This is what the Bucks wanted. We knew that the 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 Chiefs needed to get into a game where hey, the Bucks had to keep pace a little bit, and then Spagnuolo and uh, Spagno- Spags and everything he does on the defensive side, okay, now we got them and they got to throw a little bit more, the third and longs, and I can do the disguises and blitzes and all those different things, and they could never get the game to that point. You know, that was really the big thing. Uh, the, Tampa Bay ran the ball, controlled the clock, and and played pass defense. But you're right, Mike. I mean, yeah, could the run game been – more effective? Okay, yes, but I, I don't think they were willing to go down that route as they thought that was not going to be their best way to win a football game. Well, well, right, but at some yeah. point you got to realize that what you wanted to do isn't working the way that you want well, it to work, and you've got other weapons on your team, and maybe they do need, maybe they do need a, a better presence in the backfield. They thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire would develop into that guy. We all had penciled him in for Offensive Rookie of the Year before the season even began. He had that great week one performance to get the Texans over 100 rushing yards and was never really the guy after that. Le'Veon Bell, that was a waste by them, ultimately. He was nothing compared even close to what he was during his prime years with the Steelers. They really need to think about upgrading in the backfield and using, using that, that guy, using that presence, relying on a running game, a little bit more that that's been Andy Reid's story his well, whole career we didn't he doesn't care. rely on the run game as much as he should well as long hey as long as everything else works you don't need to I know that's when what the I other mean. stuff isn't well, working that's what I mean. you, you, you know well they went they went basically 15 and one so they they were like what what run game we don't care a damn about a run game we, we got this these guys we got 15 throwing it so that's the way they were built this year they obviously can go back you're right Mike they might have to think about that I mean seriously I'm not trying to deny the fact of the point you're bringing up. It's very, it is very real, but I just think with the way their team was built for this year and how they play, and you're right, Andy Reid, and then backup offensive lineman versus the best run defense in all of football. I just think they looked at that though, and that that's not going to be the way we're going to win this football game. That'll play into the hands of the Bucks. I think where I'm more shocked, Mike, than anything is, I thought they would really come out and spread it out. And I thought we would see a better attack through the short pass game. That's really where I thought. I thought the Bucks would do what we saw, rush four and play two deep safeties, right? We talked about it on the show on Friday. I thought Kansas City would be able to, hey, just like we've seen ever since that Raiders loss in week five, 
They'll find a million ways to throw the ball short and then finally get you to go, okay, we got to come up and stop this short passing game. And then they start to hit you deep. And they just never got to that point. They never could really get in the rhythm of the offense. And then, of course, they couldn't even protect to throw some very routine routes down the field. And, you know, those were their issues of their football game. And to the Buccaneers' credit, they put so much pressure on them early. Right. Right. By scoring, by getting touchdowns, not field goals, by going for touchdowns. You know, there was that moment where the fourth down run and – in real time, it looked like the ball got in, and then you never saw a replay angle, and then it was a great defensive stand. And, and you got Jim Nance talking about, well, there's never been a 99-yard drive in right, Super Bowl history. Right. And, and there's the completion of Tyree Kill, and you think, and you think here we here go. Here, here, right. here we go. Here we go. That, here well, we this go. This is the moment. So let's go. Let's get into this whole moment. Let's go. Because this, is, this starts Penaltyville from here on out for the most part, right? I mean, that well, – that- before Penaltyville, it was punter Shankopotamusville down his leg while crapping yeah. the bed. Is Holy, that your, is yeah! That your, hey, hey, you know what? This this is this is high end analytics. If your punter never punts in the regular season, don't expect him to step up and be ready to go right when when it's time to punt in the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy, you you, you know, you rarely use the guy. And all of a sudden, he's got to punt regularly in the Super Bowl. He's dropping the ball. He got lucky on one where he dropped the ball. And, you know, you're giving the Buccaneers better field position. But uh, I, I assume what you're referring to is when the flags started to fly as the Buccaneers drove down the field. Questionable well, yeah. pass interference penalty or two. Right. Right? Well, that's um, – well, I, I'm, I'm – Questionable I'm, defensive holding penalty or two. Right. Well, that's where I'm getting to because you're like, hey, listen, we know the Bucs. They're, they're the Super Bowl champs, and we're going to hit it all and talk about it all and what they do there. But for the game that we wanted or a competitive football game, it was kind of there at that moment still, right, to be had. We were all sitting there going, ooh, the Bucks are better. They look like the better team. But if the Chiefs can just hang in here – and score a touchdown and just get a little mojo going and maybe get the Bucks out of their comfort zone, who knows what happens. And they get that stop, like you said. Shankopotamus comes. And then, yes, then it became referee time. And I, I don't understand it to me, Mike. That That's to me where I'm, I was frustrated a little bit with the football game where all of a sudden, hey, the interception, you know, and some of the other pass interference calls, I want to go – We've watched all these playoff games, and I've seen a hundred of these type of plays, and they were never called. And now we're going to call them in the last four minutes of the second quarter of the of the Super Bowl, and that's my issue with it. I understand a week seven they're pass interference all ga- all year long, all game long. I get it. My problem is in the playoffs it hasn't been it. I mean, if they were going to call the game that way, then the Green Bay Packers would have been in the Super Bowl. So that's well, where I, that's what bothers crew. me. Different crew. Different I know, crew. but it that's, just bothers 17 me. Crews. You know what I'm saying? Let's it's, go back. Let's go back to the yeah. prior graphic. Yeah. Because I think the moment where it all started to fall apart for the Chiefs psychologically, right. that defensive holding penalty on third and four that wiped out the Tyron Matthew interception where Leonard Fournette kind of did the bump set spike, tipped the ball right into Matthew's hands. That would have been a huge momentum changer in the game. Right. And it got wiped out, got wiped out by a, a defensive holding penalty that uh, fell into the category tack, of like you, don't, ridiculous. you don't see that get called. Right. right. Ridiculous. Like not even a barely a, a touching of the jersey. Like you saw like a pinch of it get touched. Like you, you just that hasn't been called all playoffs. Okay. That's Question. my issue. Yeah, go ahead. Question. How much of that is 
No, setting aside the whole it's the Super Bowl and a hundred and X million people are watching and everybody's going to be a little more nervous and edgy and antsy sure. and maybe quick to grab a flag or quick to do something unpredictable. Right. Setting that aside, how much of it is the Brady privilege? I- how much of it is this is Tom Brady and, you know, it's the Super Bowl and he wins and, you know, stuff happens. Uh, to help Tom Brady, I don't whether know. it's done consciously or not. I, I don't know. I, I hate to think that that really happens, but, I mean, we know it happens. I mean, come on, we laugh. When he gets thrown to the ground sometimes, the referee is over there picking him up before he's hit the ground. They're, like, literally telling the – like, so, yes, there's privileges there. I don't know what to say. I felt like more of this, though, Mike. It wasn't about Brady or anything. From the way Romo talked to start the game – this, to me, seemed like a thing the Buccaneers coaches beat into the referees' heads before the game started, that they they hold, they hold, they hold, and the referees were looking for it, where I want to go, wait, but I saw five other replays on the other side of the ball where I would go, I saw the Bucks holding too, and it didn't get called. That, to me, is what it looked like. I don't want to sit here and get into the penalties made the difference or not. The Bucks were the better football team. I know that. But the game was still in a process right there where it was up for grabs, the competitive aspect of it, and the referees took over in a way they hadn't the whole playoffs. That's where it bothers me, and that's where I didn't like it, and they became the biggest show on the field for the last four minutes of the first half. Well, and it's, it's a delicate argument to make because – if it happens in the last four minutes of the game, it's it's one thing. Yes, but the you know the Chiefs had every opportunity, no doubt. After that, to turn it around. No now doubt. maybe when they're in the locker room for the twenty-five minute halftime, they're thinking, well, you know, we're 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 uh, we're facing extra opponents tonight, and you start to have that sense creep in. I think when Tyron Matthew blew a gasket on Tom Brady, that was the first indication that the foundation was beginning to crumble. Brady went over and started it. That's the other thing I'm amazed uh, by too. Well, like uh, not, not I, that, I, you know that's I I I hold that flag in there. Brady one guy, ran one over guy to him stuck, and said one something. One guy stuck a finger. One guy stuck a finger but in the But that other was after face. the fact. It was after the I fact. Know. He went up to him and did this and ran away and then we're going to get yeah. mad at the other guy and and like yeah. come on, it wasn't like a fight broke out, right? Like to me that's just I, it's the Super Bowl. It's emotions. Listen. There was another one of those called on Chris Jones where it was the always chippy pain in the butt right. Ryan Jensen who yep. started it with Chris Jones and Chris Jones finished it. But how many times yes. have we seen right. watching football over the years, the guy who finishes it is the one who gets nailed because the officials aren't paying attention to every guy on the field. They miss the instigation. No doubt. They see the retaliation. That's why it's so important to not retaliate. So, you know – they had the full bag of tricks out. They're telling the officials, as you surmised, yeah. the Chiefs hold, the Chiefs hold, the Chiefs hold. Tom Brady knows which guy to target to maybe light his fuse a little bit of all the guys on the defense. Which one's the most likely to come back? They got them both. It's the honey badger. Yeah. Let's, and between Chris Jones yeah. and Tyron Matthew, those are the guys to get to respond. And, hey, I look, I you, you got you got to give credit – to the fact that it was a comprehensive plan. No doubt. Not just X's and O's. Right. It was a broader plan to bend everything their way. No and doubt. And by the time 
we got to halftime, you, you started to feel like you knew where it was going. Yeah. And, and hey, keeping the Chiefs out of the end zone. Look, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose sight of what the defense. Did. That's right. We got they kept we the Chiefs out of the end zone. Yeah. They kept them out of the end zone. The Chiefs. For crying out loud, the Kansas City Chiefs did not score a touchdown. It was significant that through three quarters they didn't score a touchdown. That had never happened in Patrick Mahomes' tenure with the Kansas City Chiefs. They had three field goals on the night. These are the Chiefs. The, the, this is the greatest show-offs on turf 2.0. Are you kidding me? No touchdowns for the Chiefs? That, that in and of itself is as impressive uh, as impressive as if it was a shoot a shutout. Yeah. 31 to 9 is the same as 31 to nothing well, when you keep the Chiefs out of the end zone. No no doubt, Mike. I mean, you're right. We th 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 this is the story of the game, really. I mean, hey, listen, we're going to hit Brady. He's a legend. He's the GOAT. It's unbelievable. But the story of the game is the Bucks defense. I mean, are look at the statistics here. This was one of the biggest blitzing teams in football. They had the wherewithal Todd Bowles had the guts to go, you know what? I've been blitzing my whole life. This is one Sunday I can't blitz. Look at that. Two deep safeties, 87% of the time. That just tells you the butt whooping that was going up up front between that front four and the offensive line of the, the Chiefs. They blitzed, like I said, it's 9.6% of the time. I think realistically the number was five times. And I'm telling you, three of them happened in the first 10 plays of the game. And then they realized, wait. We don't need to blitz. We don't need to do anything. We can just play defense. Don't let up the big play. Rally and make tackles. And then, Mike, like we said in our text chain, and I thought this was a great call by you and Pete Demolitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalitalit
of Tom Brady. And, Chris, let me let me spin it forward. I want to spin it forward yeah. as it relates to 2021. The salary cap is expected to be in the range of $180 million. Yeah. They reported that weeks ago. Shefty reiterated, confirmed, whatever, yesterday. 180. There's going to be a bloodletting on rosters. There's going to be free agents who are looking around like John Travolta in that clip from Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Hey, the, the, the money's not going to be there. Could have power so, teams next year. So, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Once the free agents realize 2021 is a don't get paid, go get a ring type of a year, yeah. that's when uh-huh. we're going to find out which teams are able to go get the guys that aren't getting the money that they thought they were going to get. Right. Is it going to be Jason Light and the Buccaneers? Is it going to be Brian Gutekunst and the Packers? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Well, right? yeah, no doubt. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you are right now with your phone texting Gutekunst that sentiment, and you don't stop. You're as relentless as Tom Brady well, yeah. was texting his teammates every single night leading to the Super Bowl. We will win. You got to be ready to go get these guys who are going to be available and build out a team that can compete for a championship. And the Buccaneers are in the best position to do no it. No doubt, I, I, Mike. I think it's a valid point, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, all those guys, like you're saying, they're all going to go to really a lot of the teams we just saw in the Final Four. I think, because they're all going to go, wait, okay, yeah, we want to go to Tampa. Okay, wait, Tampa's roster's filled. Let's go to Rodgers in Green Bay or Mahomes in Kansas City or Josh Allen because those are our chances to win a Super Bowl. I, we could see some super teams next year because of that aspect, which will be funny to see. But certainly to like what you're saying right now, yeah, I would think the number one destination is certainly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they'll have to offer. I mean, again, there's just – the team's going to be there. The only guy that's even questionable is Chris Godwin, and it sounds like they're going to do everything they got to do to keep him. And even if he's not there, I mean, no disrespect by this, who cares? They're still got enough good damn players to go around anyways. And you're right about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers yesterday must have been going crazy, going, man, uh, if I got to the Super Bowl, we would have won the Super Bowl. I mean, the way the Chiefs looked and the offensive line and all those issues, but either way, the Bucks, Brady, unreal, unreal. What I'm doing. not ready to say. I'm not ready to no, say. No, I know. I, I, I still think the Buccaneers are the only team from the NFC that could do what they did yesterday. With Mahomes' uh, foot like that yesterday and the offensive line the way it was, it, it was a different Chiefs team. That's where I don't know if I – it wasn't the team I was expecting to see. Hey, another guy that the Buccaneers need to worry about before we take our break, yeah. Shaq Barrett. Ooh. Free agent. Money. Right? Franchise tag, 20% bump over what he made this year, which is going to push it over $20 million in a year where the cap's going to be 180. That's a lot if you can't work out a long-term deal. Now, he said last night he doesn't want to be anywhere else. It's easy to say that as the confetti's falling. Let's see what happens Eight when it's pressures, time Mike. for the dollars to start falling. Because you lose Shaq Barrett, you, you, bet, you, better, you better hope that one of those guys that gets squeezed off of another roster due to the salary cap depression is a great pass rusher because you're going to have a problem if you don't have Shaq Barrett. All right, let's take a break when we return. You know, we we resisted because I, I, you know, you're, what you're going to hear on most shows today right out of the gates is how Tom Brady uh, is essentially, you know, the, the, the greatest athlete, the greatest human other than Jesus to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> and he, he deserves plenty of credit. We managed to give credit where... It should be given based upon the game that actually was played. Tom Brady gets his due when PFT Live continues right after this. Well, I think they're all special and they're all, uh, it's been an amazing year. 
amazing year. We got off to a good start, seven and two, and then had a little rough stretch where we kind of found our identity and um, played a lot better football down last December, January. And um, just really proud of all the guys, proud of all the uh, coaches, the effort we put in. Um, we knew we were playing a great football team tonight and we got the job done. So you want to get this far, you got to get the job done. And we did it. Tommy's getting a little old. His memory's starting to go. They were never seven and two. They were six and two. Then they were seven and five. Now they're eight and zero oh since the bye week. Amazing year by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and an amazing effort on the fly to address their weaknesses and to get better. Never giving in, never giving up. Always that unrelentless drive and or relentless, unrelentless, relentless. They again, they know who we mean. But taking it all the way through the Super Bowl, just just amazing and. It's what Brady wanted. It's what he, you know, he, he could have gone anywhere he wanted to go. In theory, there were some teams that said, no, thank you. One in particular that lost in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> but, but, you know, as he scoured the rosters, uh, the, the, the perfect destination for him was Tampa. And I did tweet last night that, hey, the 49ers said no to Brady and people are losing their minds about it. But, Chris, you're the first one to say it. And then the 49ers admitted it. They yeah. evaluated Brady. They told Jimmy Garoppolo, and they decided to stick with Jimmy G. Not that the 49ers would have won the Super Bowl if Brady had gone there because of all those injuries, but it's a, it's a different sure. year altogether for the 49ers if Brady is there. Even if Nick Bosa tears an ACL week two, it's a different year. It's a different existence. And one thing I'm fairly confident in is that Tom Brady would have played all 16 games in the regular season for the 49ers which would have been, what, 10 more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yeah, I, hey, look, Brady landed where he needed to land, and he did what he set out to do. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, at times it looked like it wasn't going to happen, but they put it together, and they went on a pretty damn good run as the fifth seed in the NFC to get three road wins in the postseason and then win at home, home, in the Super Bowl. Well, it, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's I mean, it's as amazing as anything we've ever seen in sports. There's there's no other way to really say it. I mean, first off, the guy we know he's handsome as hell, got good style, you know, awesome, clutch, supermodel wife, knows how to evaluate teams. I mean, like you said, yeah, that was a great. The 49ers, the Bucks, yeah, the two most talented teams in the sport. He knew where to go and be set up that way. And then he goes to the Bucks, and they have all this talent, but they have like no polish, no finishing touch to them. And he brings all that to the table, you know. Let alone, you know, the clutch aspect. Once again, that gives the rest of the team confidence and everything like that. That's where it's amazing. And then, you know, again, uh, another time in his career to me where he conquers a negative aspect of his game. That's what's amazing. Yeah, back in 2013 and 14, or 12 and 13, like he wasn't a top five quarterback to me, like I've always talked about. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, it was always dink and dunk, and I'm not going to throw the ball down the field. You know, he conquered that. Now we got into the last year and a half of I don't, he won't stand in the pocket and throw the football. He conquered that, and he's gotten to Super Bowl so much now, it's almost taken the luster out of the game. It's almost like, ah, oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's Brady Sunday. I mean, it, it truly, it's almost taking the lust out of the game. It's such a consistent to see him. It's just unbelievable. It's remarkable. I don't know what else to say about the damn guy. Four years ago, after the Patriots were behind the Falcons, 28-3, to midway through the third quarter, and Brady led the comeback for the ages. They win the game in overtime. 
his wife Giselle was starting to put the pressure on him right. to drop the mic and walk away. It was the perfect time to do it. That was the year he served his four-game suspension. You take the football over to Goodell and you say, stick this in your trophy case like Paul Crew to the warden at the end of the longest yard. <laughs> that would have been perfect, right? Wait, four years later, the guys won two more Super Bowls with two different teams. Ah, I, you know, Of all the crazy-ass predictions we could have made four years ago, the notion that Brady would win 50% of the next four Super Bowls and he would do it with two different teams would have never been anywhere on the bingo card, Chris. No, Mike. I mean, who, who could really predict something like this? 43, new team. You know, gosh, we saw the talent. You know, you called it. You said Super Bowl. I mean, it's I'm, you're amazing. We just didn't know if we, they would – well, we never knew if they would really come together as a football team and get there in time to become what we saw yesterday, and they did. And that's partly because – of course, is a huge part because of Brady and what he brings to the organization. And then, hey, listen, the damn team's good. It's good. It's like we talked about. There's really not a weakness on the team. The only weakness we talked about going into the game is a young secondary that was a little all over the place at times. But we all recognize it's got talent. So – you know, and that's where I look at Brady and go, way to self-scout thyself by becoming what? I don't know, for lack of a better way, tougher in the pocket. But that's where I got to give Bruce Arians and, and then Leftwich credit too. They helped change Brady. You know, there was a moment earlier in the year, remember we talked about it, it was like, oh, it seemed like Brady was still trying to, I want to throw the short passes and throw the short, you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker throws. And the Bucks didn't back down. And look what it did last night. They played their best selves because they ran the ball, which was the story of the game. They got the people, the Chiefs, to come up and have to defend that. And then Brady did what he always does off of that. He just diced them up Ginsu knife style with the play-action pass. I mean, the play-action pass, it was three touchdowns. Every big play, every big throw of the game, for the most part, was the play-action pass. And Mike, that's where I just everybody deserves credit there in Tampa with Tom. Look at that. Look at that on play action. 10 for 13, 10.4 yards per attempt, and all three touchdowns yep. off of off of play action. Even I get they, they they even did do a little play action on that down at the goal line. Yes. When they had no timeouts, when they got the first and goal at the one late in the half. I mean, this is a gutsy team that is mm -hmm. willing to do um what whatever it takes. You know, the there was the moment in the third quarter where they were driving, and instead of chewing the clock, Brady was going for the jugular. Oh, yeah. And that was right before the snap from Ryan Jensen, that if Brady doesn't get his right hand on it, God only knows where that ball would have ended up or who would have gotten to it, and that could have been the moment that the whole thing flipped for the Chiefs. I mean, just think about it. If Brady doesn't snap his hand up there and pop that ball up, and then go get it. Yeah. Cause and then and then and then Ryan Suckup makes that 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 kick that just kind of squeezes yeah. in the lower left right. corner. Um, that was the last chance for the Chiefs to make things go their way. And I'm thinking, why are they, why are they, man, they're man, he's thrown to the end, you know, he but he hey, hey, he saw what happened to the Falcons when they were up twenty-eight to three. And at that point, the Bucks are up twenty-eight to nine, and they're not taking their foot off the gas, and it ultimately worked out. 
by uh, by I don't know what the hell Ryan Jensen was thinking when he snapped that ball. How you rarely see a normal yeah. shotgun snap go flying over somebody's head, especially that far into the game. We see the nerves, Super Bowl Forty Three, right? We Mike saw Pouncey it. this we year. Saw it, we saw it this year with Mike Pouncey, yeah. early, Marquise early. Pouncey, early right, in the sorry. game, yep. the Steelers and Browns. Um, you know, there's another thing too about Brady that 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 I think you know, and I wonder when it's all said and done. He's now seven and three in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and this is the first one that he won that wasn't close. Right, it wasn't close. It was ugly. It was a blowout, but you know it was still fun to watch. It's a Super Bowl. It's always fun to watch. But I wonder how much he's tormented by the three that he lost because they were so close. He could be. He could be ten and zero. He could be eight and two. He could be nine. And it could one be in the five Super and Bowl. five. I mean, he could right, be a lot right. of things. Yeah. But I wonder how much the torment. Yeah. Of the losses kicks in in the two weeks between championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday. I just want I, – because because he's felt it enough times. Think about it. Three times. That's Elway level. Three times yeah. he's had his heart ripped out on the biggest stage in football. And I I, I just uh, – hopefully there's a story that will be told. I think there is a story to be told about everything Brady did in those two weeks, to do everything in his power – to kind of will this thing in the eye. And, and, and you're not, you know, if you, if you give the Chiefs a 10 point deficit, they still could come back and win. They had to deliver the knockout blow and they had to keep their foot on their throat. And that's what they did. And I think that's why he was thrown to the end zone late in the third quarter. Yeah. Because he, he's thinking 28 to nine is not enough. And maybe 31 to nine is not enough. Let's go get 35 to nine. And then we can maybe start to exit. Well, there's, you know, he's scared. He knows what he's dealing with over there. I mean, you know, again, hey, listen, as much as they dominated that football game, we also know. Mahomes made three of the most damnedest throws you've ever seen in your life to where they should have caught the damn ball, and the game's going to be different. It hit it hit six hands on three different drops, and all six of the hands were his teammates. So, yes, the degree of difficulty was there, but I'm sure you're Tom Brady. You're going, damn, I mean, the guy is running around at 80%, still making throws that are unbelievable. So, yeah, he, knows what he, he knew what he was dealing with. And, you know, I think the other big thing – about it, Mike, and you're right. They stayed aggressive because they knew what they were dealing with, but also they really compromised Kansas City's defense like we've never seen Kansas City's defense compromised over the last few years. They really got into a situation where we haven't seen the Tennessee Titans do this to them or anybody, where they went, oh my gosh, we can't. they're just running it down our throat. We can't stop them. They're running the same run play like I talked about in the Green Bay game. Romo hit it. It's just everybody goes straight. It just everybody goes straight and move them back. And then if they all collapse it in there, they bounce it outside. That That's really what – it's the same run play all game long. But because of that, it just left them opportunities to be aggressive to what you're saying, Mike, and throw the ball down the field. I mean, I really – that running game – here's another aspect that Brady brought to the game that I thought was phenomenal, Mike, early on. I don't know if you noticed this, but – we talk about the Spags disguises, right? All those things he does. Early in the game, do you notice how Tampa Bay got up to the line of scrimmage and just snapped the ball really quick? They weren't going to let them mess with them and do all these different looks. So they got in the position of power and just said, set hut, and they ran plays, and there was Kansas City trying to disguise and do things, and they're going, whoa, the ball and the play's happening. Uh, and that's an element that is not on the stat sheet where I go, 
that's Brady. That's amazing. That's general. That's being a general and just another aspect he brings to your team. And I think it's also having a unique and unprecedented understanding of all of the emotions, the feelings, right. the thoughts of being in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Because it was number 10, right? 10 freaking times the guy's been through it start to finish. Spanning 19 years, he has been there 10 times. So he knows how those defensive players, even though they were there last year, he knows it's different on Super Bowl Sunday. And he knows that, you know, that that you can you can maybe toy with people a little bit more to the extent that you understand it and you can settle into that zone earlier and everybody else is freaked out by the bright lights and the stadium right. seems different. And everything seems bigger. And we know all these eyes are on us worldwide. You, you, mess up, you mess up a little bit. You mess with them a little bit. And we saw it with the Chiefs punter. We saw it with the Chiefs defense. Oh, we saw they it with the Chiefs down. offense. Melted down. They, 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 and, and we never expected it. And, no. um, they got bullied, you know, and it was the first time they've been bullied in a while. And you know what ever. happens? Yeah, bullies have, under Mahomes ever. Right. So they got bullied, and it was the first time ever they've been bullied here in the Mahomes era. And they they got well, we don't like this, and it got chippy, and and they weren't used to that aspect. You know, every you know, like we always talk about, every team ends up playing their kryptonite, and uh, it was just one that the, the Chiefs couldn't overcome. You know, this year in this game. And it's now six and eight, the record for the team that wins in the regular season when there's a rematch in the Super Bowl. That's amazing. Six and eight. Right. And the AFC team that wins in the regular season is 0 and five. That's amazing, now too. Right. In the Super Bowl. Um, so, and it just, the stat tells me that the regular season outcome means absolutely nothing. Right. nothing. It right. means nothing one way or the other. Just forget about it. And if anything, Maybe it gives the team that lost a little bit I of a psychological so. edge because the other team may come in there, um, you know, worried worried about everything regarding the Super Bowl except the fact that they got an opponent that can beat them because we we have beat them. So you know, maybe no maybe doubt. Just, it's not you. You don't take them lightly. You're not as focused on them, right? Because you're worried about other stuff and you don't make drastic changes, right? <laughs> like you're not. You're, you're like, well, we, what we did this last time worked, so let's do it again and. You know, the team that lost is going, wait, we got to do something totally different this time around. We can't play it that way. That is the psychological advantage, I think, uh, when when you played one time in the Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, my dad, he won two Super Bowls, one or each way. One, they lost that regular season matchup, and I know he didn't play in the Super Bowl. Hostetler did in 25, but they beat the Broncos the year you know, in the regular season, 19-16, and then blew them out in the Super Bowl. So like you said, I don't think it goes either way. But I do think the team that lost has a little bit of an advantage, at least in my history of sports and football and all those things, to the points you're saying. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When yeah. we return, one guy that looked like he was running in mud all year long ran to pay dirt a couple of times and in so doing is climbing up a pretty significant list in Super Bowl history. Gronk's night. We'll break that down when PFC He Gronk, right he catch ball. It's hands down one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's the greatest, but I would say it's up there for sure. You know, to come down here to Tampa, uh, come to an organization that was ready to win, uh, come come down here with the players that, you know, they're all fantastic players, great guys, just everyone overall. I mean, just the story is just unbelievable. And uh, it definitely ranks up there as, you know, one of my biggest accomplishments ever. 
wrong. Sounded a lot like a guy who also recently relocated to Florida. Good Lord. Have a little humility, Gronk. Um, it's, let, let others praise your accomplishments, Gronk. <laughs> it took a while for the control room to get what I was saying there. Anyway, Gronk is now, <laughs> Gronk, Gronk is now uh, tied with Lynn Swan for the most receiving yards in Super Bowl history, 364. Uh, he's got a ways to go to catch Jerry Rice. Probably not going to catch Jerry Rice at 589, but Rice and Gronk are the only players with multiple multi-touchdown Super Bowl performances as well. So, hey, Gronk had a Gronk had a great game. I, I I don't know how I feel about what we just witnessed from him after the game, but I know how I feel about what we witnessed during the game. It was pretty damn impressive. It, 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 I mean, he's he's still a force of nature. That that's really the biggest thing. You know, ability to run block, awesome. Pass blocking tight end, awesome. And then you could see still really good in the pass game and, you know, a, still a giant human being that you got to tackle and bring down to the to the ground. I mean, it's phenomenal, I, really. I love Travis Kelsey and everything like this, but Rob Gronkowski is still, in my opinion, the greatest tight end I've ever seen uh, just from everything he brings to a football team. Well, and... Uh, you know, he'll be back as well. And I can't help but wonder, was this like a long con by Gronk to spend the whole year running at a lower gear than what you actually have and then breaking out the real speed in the Super Bowl? Is he or is is he like a sneaky genius and we're not aware of what he was able to pull well, off? He's if he a did, football hey, genius. Congratulations. Yeah. We'll be back with more right after this.